Okay, let me try that again. I don't know why this has just decided to stop working today. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's the screen. All right, cool. I think it's loading. No, no, I can't see it yet. It's loading. Oh. It's There's a little orange triangle. Is it my Wi-Fi? Maybe. Your screen is blurry. Yeah, I'm going to switch to a different Wi-Fi. I'm going I'm to hit stop again. This will make for lots of fun with the recording, with the editing. Yes, all right. Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and thank you for joining us again on Slow Pit Stop, where we will be discussing the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, a race won by Max Verstappen with a dominating performance from Red Bull. Tragedy again for Ferrari as neither of their cars finished. When we left Australia, Leclerc had 71 points and was 46 ahead of Max Verstappen. Now, Verstappen is in first place in the championship with 150 points and Leclerc only has 116. Mohamed, how did we get here? Yeah, absolute tragedy for Ferrari and Arfa. You know what else is a tragedy? My media board isn't working this week, so I can't play any random sound effects. But also, I don't think that... I was waiting for applause. Yeah, I don't think our listeners know about the media board because we haven't released our Donuts and Drivers episodes yet. So when you get that, you'll find out all about my new soundboard, which isn't working this episode, unfortunately. But yeah, we left... uh, or was it before Australia? And uh, Charles Leclerc had this incredible... We all, Everybody was like, yeah, he's going to win. How could anybody catch up? And Ferrari said, oh, we, this is... It's not fair. We, we want to have a fair fight. So we're going to sacrifice the next three races to let Red Bull catch up. And then we'll have a real fair fight. And we'll... Uh, that's, that, so that's what happened. That's, that's why Red Bull is ahead of Ferrari. Ferrari just wants to even the playing ground a little bit. You know what I mean? I know. Look, Verstappen has won one, two, three, four, five races this year. The only other person that's won more than one race is Leclerc, who's won two, and Perez, who's won one. That's it. You've got yeah, three you people know, that have won races. What's also incredible to me is like during qualifying, they were saying, oh, if uh, you know Leclerc fails to convert this pole into a win, that'll be the f- first time someone has failed to convert four straight poles into wins since fan of the podcast, Juan Pablo Montoya in 2002. And I thought that is such an insane statistic. There's no way Charles Leclerc is beating that record. And when he didn't beat the, when he didn't win, I was like, oh my God, what era are we living in that like Ferrari just, I don't, I don't understand what's okay. Last week it was their fault. Like fully their fault. They just absolutely blew it on the strategy this week, it wasn't strategy. They actually went pretty bold on the strategy. They pulled Leclerc in during the virtual safety car, which I think was the right move because yeah. later he was ahead by, like, what, 14, 15 seconds? And then, you know, you felt like uh-huh. the race was getting lively, and you're like, okay, now can Verstappen catch him? Can he catch him and not ruin his tires? Can he pass him? You're like, okay, game on. Like, this is what we're here for. And then 15 oh. seconds in the lead, and his engine blows. And it's just like, how? Like... I don't know. I don't know. What was your emotion? Well, so many Ferrari cars' engines died. There was there was his car. Uh, there was a hydraulic problem with signs. Guan Yu Zhou's car, or Zhou Guan Yu, his car went. Well, there was another Ferrari-powered car that died, didn't there? 
Yeah, so it was Magnuson, Joe, uh, oh, yeah. one other person, and um, oh, uh, bo- yeah. both Ferraris, both Ferraris, Joe and Magnuson. Yeah, both Ferraris. And it's just like, okay, you know, two races ago, Australia, there was an issue with uh, Leclerc's car, and I remember you said, I don't think that it's a reliability problem, I think it's a Ferrari engineer didn't screw it in problem, but regardless, yeah. you would think that at that moment, they would have had to make a decision like, is this power unit good for at least two more races? Or should we just yeah. replace the power unit? Like, okay, Monaco, don't change the power unit in Monaco because it's not a power-heavy track. But okay, we're in Baku now. You've got that ginormous straight that's, like, incredibly long. Maybe take the the penalty, or it's not even a penalty. Maybe just change the power unit. Double DNF. It's, yeah. like, mind-boggling. And in the beginning of the season, we thought, oh, Red Bull's got the reliability issues. Ferrari's got the speed. I don't know now. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I think, I think what makes it even worse is we want to see competition, right? We want to see Red Bull fighting Ferrari. We don't want it to be easy. You know, Verstappen was away in the lead, like, 20, 30 seconds. And Ferrari just took themselves out. And I think Verstappen's just going to run away with the championship now. Um, when we want to see Ferrari give them a hard time, we want to see that competition. But I don't know. But speaking of competition, Red Bull uh, told Sergio not to let, not to fight with Verstappen, even though you know Perez had done a great job. He'd qualified ahead of Verstappen. He initially had position, but then he had a very very slow pit stop, um, five point seven seconds or something. I think I can't remember. Yeah. So they were trying to live up to the name of our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they, they yeah. I, what, what what do you think of Perez? I I made a joke on the internet before that, you know, he he won Monaco. He's qualified ahead of Verstappen, and I was thinking, you know, is this going to be the new twenty sixteen Rosberg? Is Perez going to upset the order? But it looks like Red Bull are not going to let him do that, and he's kind of settling into a Bottas role. Yeah, but I don't know if that this was. Uh team orders necessarily i know they said no fighting but verstappen really was like much faster than perez you know if if it was closer and it was like a you know a lando and daniel thing which i'm sure we'll talk about later uh that i felt like you know team orders shouldn't have necessarily i don't know what mclaren was doing with their team orders this week it made it's like they didn't know what they were doing but i think red bull was actually a little bit more justified because when you've got one driver that is faster than the other, you don't want to risk a double DNF crash uh, by telling them to fight. So I think it was fine in this situation. The race pace of Perez was just lacking, like just throughout the race. He couldn't catch really Verstappen, even when he was P2 to Verstappen's P1. He didn't really catch him and like challenge him, you know, whereas the pacing showed in qualifying, you would think that he'd be the dominant driver. But I, I think Verstappen just took the reins yeah, I think so. I think I can't see Verstappen having much competition this year at all. But you mentioned there McLaren. Let's get into that. So, Daniel Ricciardo, you know, we talked off air, me and you, about how we need to get the balance right between criticizing driver performance while remembering that all of them are a million, billion times better than either of us could ever be and, you know, deserve their seats and are there with good reason and are very, very talented people. Um, but there's been a lot of talk recently about Daniel's future. Um, and we saw some interesting dynamics play at McLaren, like you mentioned. But the background to this, there were some harsh words from Zach Brown, the team principal. Uh, well, not the team principal, that's Andreas Seidel. But, you know, one of the, the big the big chief bosses at McLaren. 
CEO. Yeah. Um, like the big bus baby. Oh my god. Are we gonna Brown call him that? A bit like bus baby, doesn't he? We're gonna call him the black, the brown brown yeah. baby. Um, so brown baby. Yeah. Um, he came out with some words. I don't have the quote in front of me or anything, but it was, it was along the lines of you know, there's been some moments of brilliance like, um, Monza where Danny won, but otherwise, from our side, from his side, we've not really lived up to expectations. That coming from your own team boss sounds like really really harsh words um and it makes me worry for danny i i i really like daniel ricardo um i think he's a good presence to have in formula one um how do you read uh baby brown's comments on daniel ricardo as a team boss should he be saying things like this is a is it over for danny I, I feel like we're getting into silly season, right? And that's sort of the theme of today's episode as well. We'll get to silly season later in the episode. But I think what he's doing is he's putting public pressure on Daniel Ricciardo. Every the only per, the, the person who knows the most right now how much he needs to fix his performance is Daniel Ricciardo. Like, he knows more than anyone else what the sport is. He knows what it means like to get dropped by a team, even though he hasn't been dropped by a team. But he knows what that feeling is. So he knows he needs to fix his performance. And I think Zach Brown saying it out loud is just an additional amount of pressure on Daniel. And um, so, he like, Daniel is getting older, and that means he's he's probably past his, his prime. Uh, and he knows that he can't switch to another team. He's likely going to ride out the, rest, the rent, uh, end of his career through McLaren. It's just a question of what he can help McLaren achieve. It's just, I think it's this new generation of cars have not suited his driving style at all and last year the mclaren in general just doesn't suit his driving style he's a you know he's the last of the late breakers he needs that sort of uh red bull understeery type car and that's what he excelled in and that's why i think verstappen isn't as comfortable with these cars either uh perez is definitely more comfortable with this generation of cars and i think it's because again it's just so different I, I don't know what the future is for Daniel. And like I was telling you, you know, we can't just sit here and say like, you know, talk like we're better than him uh, because we're not. He can drive circles around us. It, it's just, you know, when it comes to him and his mindset, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is. We'll get into silly season later, but I, I have ideas about what, what's going to happen to Daniel because people are publicly asking by his contract saying, you know, are you going to be here with McLaren next year? And his answer isn't yes or no. It's, I have a contract to be here with McLaren next year. Um, and we all know that a contract in Formula One doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Because um, you can be bought and sold very quickly. But you're mentioning there about driving styles not really suiting people. Let's move on to our well, favorite hold on. What's your? them all. But what is your theory? You can't say I have a theory about Dan Ricciardo and then move on. Oh, I was going to bring it up when we're chatting about other drivers. No, I think he's going to be replaced by Gasly. I think he's going to be replaced by Gasly. They can't see my face, but... Oh my God. My face is like... Ah. Okay, if you, let's say you're Zach Brown, <gasps> right? And you I'm have, still in shock. I feel like you just gut punched me. Okay, continue, continue. Yeah, okay, so you're, you're <gasps> boss baby Zach Brown. And, you know, what? what two drivers are you going to put in your car? What are your... You can take them, anyone from the grid, anyone from F2. What two drivers do you want? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Daniel Ricciardo is very expensive. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's the only option is Pierre Gasly. You, who who was uh, rumored to lose their seat to Piastri? Oh, Nicholas Latifi. So he's not yeah. gonna. He's not going in the McLaren. Yeah, maybe Pierre. Ga- then what does Alfatori do? Do because they need Pierre Gasly. <laughs> they'll they'll find one of the Red Bull children from the Red Bull meat like grinder Yuri situation. Like Yuri or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll find someone. Wow. Well, so what do you, da- you think? Daniel's out of Formula One. Then you think he's just out? Um. The other thought I had was um, Zach Brown's other option is someone who I think is doing a pretty good job, Alex Albon. And it's up to Daniel Ricciardo then whether he would do a prisoner swap and go back down the grid Williams or leave Formula One entirely. Wow, my God, this is like, um, yeah, I think I think I could see Alex Albon moving to mclaren the only thing that would stop that is if red bull intervenes because they have like a weird like pseudo relationship with alex where he's still wearing their yeah clothing. but red bull want to have a whole big cozy thing with the volkswagen group and audi and porsche mm. and so they're gonna end up becoming some sort of mclaren hybrid. not sister but cousin company of mclaren because the volkswagen group is going to put porsche into the red bull yeah. audi into the mclaren there's all going to be one big happy family Man, that's wild. I actually can see this happening. And Alex Albon has been performing really well for the most part this season. But uh, yeah, that would be insane. My here, Let me just say my theory for Daniel Ricciardo. I think yeah. he's going to keep his seat. I uh-huh. think he's going to pull some miracle out of the bag and keep his seat for one more season. But if he doesn't uh-huh. perform next season, I think he's out. Like out of the sport. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. That's my theory. Let's move on to who are we moving on to? Our favorite... Lewis Hamilton. So I think we'll just touch on this very, very quickly because anything that we're going to say, all of our listeners and fans know already. So there's a lot of talk going on about the porpoising and everyone's backs are breaking. Ocon has complained. Lewis has complained. Daniel Ricciardo's complained. Even Gasly has complained, even though his uh, Red Bull overlords are sort of saying, no, no, porpoising, it's fine. Um, People saying, you know, teams are asking for changes to be made and things, the suspension, this, that, whatever. From my point of view, I think, you know, teams shouldn't have to petition for this stuff. That was the entire point of setting up the independent group led by Ross Braun and all these ex-F1 engineers who can look at the regulations, find problems, and they should be the ones that come out and say, actually, yeah, we need to change this. Something unexpected has happened or whatever. Um, So I think that slightly separate group that is independent of formula one and is independent of the teams should be helping to steer the rules and regulations to keep safety prioritized yeah so there's a couple things at play here one this weekend in baku everyone was porpoising i don't care what people on the internet say because people on the internet have been saying it was just mercedes this is only a mercedes problem Mercedes no, had it the worst. Was everyone Ocon, was purposing. Gasly, all of them were complaining. Literally, they switched to any onboard and the and they're purposing. Whether whether it be Haas, Ferrari, everyone except honestly, I would say the only exception was Red Bull. So the question is, if one team got it right and everybody else got it wrong, should we change it and and uh, disadvantage that one team that did get it right? Because that's Total Wolf is saying we need a change on the regulation side of things to make it so. None of the teams porpoise next year at all. But Red Bull's like, hey, we made our car and we figured out the porpoising issue back in winter testing. Don't punish us for everybody else's mistakes. So that's the first question. But but I think it's fair 
you know what he's saying for next year because like when Mercedes had the DAS system they said okay you can have this now it's going to give you an advantage but next year you can't have this if they said oh the regulation's really bad we're going to change it for next weekend I think that would be unfair on Red Bull because they've they've clearly got it right they've done a really good job and they're going to be like well what was the point in doing this good job if you're just going to take it away from us but to say we're going to change it for next year I think that's fine because next year is a different challenge and you'll reap your rewards this year for the effort that you've made. That's true. But I want to say something as a Mercedes fan. Mercedes fans have been complaining about this kind of treatment for so long that we've been getting nerfed by the FIA. We come up with party mode and qualifying, banned. Come up with DAS, banned. Come up with the suspension and the front wing stuff, banned. Everything we come up with that gives us an edge, banned. So people have been complaining, like we have been complaining about that. And I understand like... It does seem like these reg- these regulations would only target Red Bull, really, because they're the only team that's figured yeah. it out. Well, I-, I would support the regulations getting changed, to be clear. But if we yeah. don't do that because we don't want to target Red Bull, I think the tracks need to have some sort of change made to them because the reason it was so bad in Azerbaijan is because the track is bumpy itself. So Lewis mm. was saying coming into the weekend, this is a really bumpy track. I think it's the bumpiest track that we go to. Yeah. And that made the porpoising worse for everyone except Red Bull. Mm. So I think that there needs to be a change made at the at the like track com- composition side to also yeah. minimize the porpoising. And that won't... Uh, that won't negatively affect it shouldn't negatively affect red bull if anything it'll help them as well the other thing i want to ask you about that i've seen on the internet what do you think about the conspiracy theory that total wolf is having lewis hamilton exaggerate his claims of back pain to put pressure on the fia to change the regulations that he is in back pain but he but total wolf told him get on the radio every chance yeah, you get, it up. get in. exactly what do you so- think it's clearly nonsense, but the thing that really throws a wrench into the work is, okay, fine, Lewis is complaining about it, Ocon is complaining about it, Ocon has a relationship with Mercedes, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that Gasly is complaining about it, and, and you know, you might say, well, he's just bitter because they gave the contract to Perez and not him. But I think if, if people inside the Red Bull family are complaining about it too, I think you got to take it seriously. And... We can see it on the TV. You know, it's not like this weird hidden yeah. thing. Like yeah. the water bottle. We can't see that. We don't know. You know, if they started saying, oh, the water bottle's, I don't know, burning my lips or something. Yeah. N- none of us can see that, experience that, know that. But we can see the bouncing. So we can be like, yeah, of course this is bad for you. Like Ferrari's complaining about it. Science is complaining about it. So, yeah, I just Christian Horner's just being annoying again. Okay, I've got another question for you. So both of us are like in the medical field, right? And so something I was thinking about last night is if Lewis, if I was the team doctor at Mercedes and I had to do some voodoo magic on his back to get it ready for Canada, I was thinking one of the things I do is like a prednisone taper, like a, a steroid taper. I know you don't Stop do that. Stop giving everyone steroids. Well, so oh I my know. God. Why well, listen, are Americans giving everyone the, steroids? That's not the question. That's not the question. Okay, yes, in fine. America, we give steroid tapers. They're or very anything. effective. Uh, doctor, I twisted my ankle. <laughs> Have some steroids. It works. It, it works. It gets the job oh done. God. The pain is gone. It's better than an opiate. Anyway, the point is, if someone, did, if the team doctor gave that to Lewis, would it show up on a steroid, uh, on a urine test? Would that come up as a steroid? And would he not be allowed to race so i don't know about the rules of uh doping versus not doping what what you're allowed and not allowed um 
like I know they're not even allowed to take lemsip, you know, like cold medicine. Oh wow! Because there's components in it that are on the the WADA list. So it, yeah. Formula One follows the IOC, you know, the International Olympic Committee. So if I just Google WADA prednisolone, of course Americans like to give prednisone to everyone to just double the dose and just listen. It's more. effective. There's n- almost no side effects that we like to tell our patients. So yeah, you just give everyone everything. I just don't get it right. Formation <laughs> of prednisone and prednisone. Da, 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 we give da, da, medicine da, da. out like it was free, which is ironic because it's very much it's not free. It's very not free. It's You're very just like not here, free. take this. If your bones break and you get diabetes, uh, whatever. Um, uh, Wada recently released da, 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 prednisolone within ten days of a competition. So within ten days of competition, unless you have a very good reason, apparently. I think four herniated discs is probably a good, re- a good reason. Dude, when he went on the radio and he's like, "The seat has gone cold," I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> he's lost all sensation in his back. <laughs> oh, here, look. Yeah, no, everything is banned. Glucocorticoids are only wow. permitted when administered by inhalation, intranasal, ophthalmic, or dermal. So basically, for skin conditions, for asthma, for so like, no, no, like, or, there's no oral formulation on there? No, it says oral, intramuscular, intravenous, buccal, gingival, and sublingual are all banned. All right, well, I will come up with some intranasal formulation of prednisone that can target his spine. I'll do it for you, Lewis. I'll do it. <laughs> so, why, why are we resorting to cheating? What, what has happened? It's What's not that? cheating. It's his back hurts, and prednisone helps bring down the inflammation. It's not. Give anyway. Give a massage. Yeah, yeah, he said he got the massage from uh, Angela and he got his uh, acupuncture done. So he said he's feeling a little better this morning. Yeah. I hope that's No, he's releasing true. loads of positive messages. I know I keep saying my only wish is that he wins one race. It's looking less and less and less likely. Well, I think what I'm taking comfort in is he seems to be releasing lots of positive messages and positive noises. And actually, no matter what happens this year or next year or whatever, what he has achieved can't be taken away. And you look at people like Daniel Ricciardo, who there's no reason why he couldn't have won a championship at some point. But for whatever reason, he was in the wrong team, the wrong time. Luck didn't work out. And, you know, Lewis could have very easily stayed with McLaren and gone through all those terrible years and then moved to Ferrari when Vettel did instead and then had terrible time at Ferrari. And all these things could have happened to Lewis and he could have had none of that success. But when we were working in hospitals through COVID and things were tough, we were able to tune in to the TV most Sundays and watch Lewis win, and that was great for us. And now it's not happening. We're we're, we're supporting Ferrari, and we're we're understanding what it's like to be um, patients with high blood pressure. But we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get there. But yeah, no, I'm 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 much more zen about Lewis's reality at this moment in time. Well, I think he will win one in the second half of the season. Um, I hope so. I hope and, so. I want, to, but I'm not going to be upset if he doesn't because I think he's still putting in the performances to the best of his ability and I appreciate and understand the external factors that are limiting that well the reason I think he will is just because he tends to like reset over the summer break and yeah like I feel like the first half of the season so he said that when he was in junior series He'd get one year to learn the car, one year to win the championship, and I think I think, he's... So. I think he's a slow learner with the cars. Like even exactly. like, you know when things yeah. change with Rosberg and things, he was always a bit behind the first season. 
Yeah, so I think literally the first half of the season is his learning phase, and the second half of the season is his, okay, I learned it, now let me come back. Like, when you look at last year, his, what, losing streak or whatever was all almost all in the first half of the season. First, yeah. And then the second half of the season was him, like, roaring back to life. I think, we'll, I think we can see one, uh, you know, at least a I few more so. podiums. It, you know what it comes down to with him is learning to qualify better with the car because if he qualifies ahead of George, yeah. all of these surprise podiums are his. So that's I think really... Weak. the caveat to what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying, but the caveat is right now, I'm not sure if he's even learning this car. I think he's just trying to survive. No, I think he's learning. I definitely think he's learning. Obviously he's not going to go... What I mean is, I, I don't think he can learn as quick as he normally would because they're just trying to dial out this problem before they're trying to dial the car into its optimum mm. place. But... um Should we quickly take a quick break to say hello to our sponsor and talk about them? And then we're going to come right back with the big discussion that Mohammed put on Twitter that all of you have been getting involved in. Right. So we have our ongoing promotion going on with Little Prince 3D. And uh, they have been so kind as to send us three additional tracks. We've got one for Baku, uh, Canada and Silverstone. And we're going to be sending those out to our Fantasy F1 winners, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. But if you didn't win and if you just want a fancy track on your wall anyway, definitely check them out on Etsy, Little Prince 3D. Use code SLOWPITSTOP to get 10% off. Um, I know I've been talking about this every week, but I genuinely really like their track. It's come out. It's really nice. And I, I have it on my wall uh, and I want to order a few more from them. So uh, everybody that's listening, if you want like a nice, cool 3D printed track, definitely give them a look. They are very good. You know what I'll say about them? They're quite light and they look like they should be able to break. But my 18 month year old, 18 month old, 18, year, 18 month whatever, year old, 18 month year old daughter has not been able to break them. Um, so they're actually very, very strong. And I'm very impressed. I'm really impressed with the size of them because if it's too big, I don't have like a lot of wall space to put like a giant track and I thought it was going to be really small, but it's not really small. It's like a really solid in between middle size that I'm really happy about. I think what I'd say to people is, you know, it's that right medium size that you should probably pick your, your favorite three circuits and you'll be able to Mm -hmm. put them all next to each other. It looks great. I've got three in my living room and it looks really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. So let's move on to Twitter. So, Mohammed, you put out a question on Twitter this week. What was it? Yeah, my question was, <laughs> because it's it's about to be silly season anyway. Some of the talks have yeah. already started. And I know me and you have been talking about who's going to keep their seat, who's not going to keep their seat. So I wanted to pose the question to our fans. It was keep one driver in F1, but the other three lose their seats. And the drivers ahead were Alex Albon, Mick Schumacher, Daniel Ricciardo, and Lance Stroll. I wanted to pick four drivers that weren't like slam dunk answers. Like, I know if I put Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, like that's like a little easy or, you know, like Lando Norris. So I wanted to pick drivers who maybe were at risk of losing their seats and uh, see what people said. And I I think we had some interesting responses. But before we get into that, Arafat, who would you keep uh, if it meant the other three lost their seats? Oof. I'll tell you what, I'm going to listen to all the responses. Well, I'll tell you my my answer first, and then let's see if everyone else can change my mind. So my heart would want to keep Daniel Ricciardo, but my head, if I was a team boss, the person I would keep is Alex Albon. Okay, so I, I also said Alex Albon, just because he's been given another lease on life and he seems to be performing well. But here's yeah. my other question to you before we get into the responses. Who do you think of these four 
got almost no love from our fans. Oh. Well, so, personality-wise, Daniel Ricardo is extremely lovable. He's like yeah. a dog, but as a human. So yeah. Everybody likes Daniel Ricardo. Alex Albert is fun. He's nice. Mick Schumacher is... He's not even vanilla. He's just plain bread. Like, <laughs> you can't like him, but you can't dislike him either. His dad. And I think... Huh? His dad. Well, yeah, his dad. But, but yeah, him, personality-wise, he's just plain bread. Lance Stroll, I think, as a person, actually is fine. But I think people dislike him because he comes from money. So I'm assuming he was the one that got the hate. So the one who got... Well, nobody got hate. I, but the one who got the least amount of love was Mick Schumacher, surprisingly. I thought Lance Stroll would be the one with the least amount of love. But almost no one stuck it out for Mick. So just based on... Like, if we had like done a poll, Mick would have lost yeah. his seat based on the poll. Okay, let's get into the responses, though. So we have a lot. And... Uh, there's a chance I won't get to you. If I don't get to you, our full uh, extended unedited episode is on YouTube. And I lie when I say unedited because we've had quite a couple of AV issues that we're going to edit out. But that's going to be on YouTube. Can you see uh, me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you see me? It's been like that for like 20 <laughs> minutes and we're just going to try and cut that out. So but the extended portion of this part of the podcast will be on YouTube. If you do hear everyone, that means that I fit it all in and, you know, we just have one cut that's going on Spotify. So let's roll the dice and find out. So at Elisa Ferrari C said, I messed up her name two, th- two weeks in a row. She said, I would keep Ricardo for sure. There's some Ricardo love. At Manti Verma said, replace Albon with Latifi. And then my answer is Daniel Ricardo 3. Listen, Manti, you can't change the rules of the game, okay? At Oxyurus, Mark Johnson said, 100% keep Daniel Ricciardo. There's literally no competition. The other three put together still don't have his ability, skill, and personality. Yeah, they don't have his personality, but I think people might argue with you on his skill and ability. Um, At F1 Black, a previous guest on our episode and friend of the podcast said, oh man, he said something incredible. He said, let's hope for Albon that his savings aren't gone. Pray for Mick that his girl ain't no trick. Wish for Lance that he was paid in advance because we're going to stick with Danny Rick. Nice. I give you points for, for rhyming. Yeah, um, I think I think but... rhyming deserves lots of points. Absolutely. Uh, Lynn of Earth said, keep Alex all day long. Love Daniel, but he's really struggled to find a match. Maybe a change will make him happier. <laughs> Flash should take a, a year out and be testing sim driver to refocus. Mick just needs time and more experience, so I think he should try touring cars or similar. I'm laughing because the idea that Daniel would be happy outside of Formula One sometimes somehow makes me laugh. But people have said he would really thrive in NASCAR, so maybe that's where he should go next year. I think so, yeah. Like how we always said Valtteri should go to endurance uh, or rally after he's done with Formula yeah. One, but he just went to... Um... I think Sergio Perez would be a really good endurance driver. He takes care of the car, he takes care of the tires. Yeah. And I yeah. think in, in an endurance race, I think his race pace would be much better than sprint I racing. I definitely so think so. His like he is uh, tire management. At Valeria from Rome said, out of my personal opinion, based on him speaking speaking openly about some hot topics, I'd keep Stroll. And she was referring to Lance Stroll being one of the only drivers to speak out against Abu Dhabi, which I respect. At uh, M Kiva Yu said, please keep Daniel, but get him a better car to drive. <laughs> Where is he going to go, Amkiva? Where, what team is going to take him? What do you, Arfa, is there a team higher up the ladder than McLaren that would take Daniel? So he's not going to go back to Red Bull. Mercedes he's not going to go to. I he's... always think it's a real shame that the Ferrari thing didn't work out because you know, he could speak Italian, he's of Italian heritage. I think that would have been brilliant. But I just I see no reason for 
Ferrari well, wait, to get rid of Leclerc or Sainz. But get rid of Sainz and pick up Daniel. Sainz has been disappointing this year. Yeah, but I think if, like, from for us viewers at home, we can tell actually it's just lots of external things going wrong for him. He's been unlucky. I think intrinsically he still has speed mm-hmm. and he still has years of potential ahead of him. But so does Daniel. Whereas, uh, yeah, but not as much as Sainz. Um, okay, I think I enough. think if the Ferrari moment was going to have happened for Ricardo, it would have been a few years ago. Okay, fair enough. At Grant uh, Grant Rivers at Snow and Beach said Ricardo all day long. He just needs a car capable of driving for the points again. But he has a car capable of driving for the points. You know, I I feel like he's got that. I know, I know, but it's it's a car that fits him. You know, we're talking about like like you know fits like a glove. Yeah. Right now, Ricardo's got his hand inside a shoe. Yeah, <laughs> I almost want to make that the title of the episode. We should. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go with my Baku is killing me, but that maybe yeah. I'll change it to Ricardo's got his hand inside his shoe. <laughs> a shoey, it fits his whole shoe. Yeah, thing. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, um, Ralph Selwyn said Albin stays. Uh, my vet will travel at Dr. Holly. DVM said, gotta keep Daniel. That's really cool that her vet will travel. I find that impressive. To where? To everywhere? Just travel. Her vet will go oh, nice. on vacation when you need her the most. Uh, the angry Amazing. engineer said, honestly, right now, I'd keep Stroll. See, Stroll had some love. Number one, he isn't blind to blue flags. Number two, he isn't costing his team millions in crash damage. Not that it would matter. It's just his dad's money anyway. And number three, he's just he's not getting dunked on by an overrated Twitch streamer and hasn't obviously upset the team. You know what? Angry engineer, you'll lose points for calling Lando Norris overrated. He is rated. He's not underrated, not overrated. He's just rated. What do you think, Arfat? You like the stroll, love? Where's the lie in the rest of it, though? (laughs) (laughs) Apart from crashing at Baku this week, causing one bit of damage, which I didn't expect because he is captain 90 degrees. You know, he should do well here, Monza, and nowhere else, really. And I'm looking forward to Las Vegas from him. Where 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 has the angry engineer gone wrong? I okay. agree with a lot of this. Okay, good job, angry engineer. At Moon Tinker, uh, V said Stroll. If not if not him, then Daniel. And I think that's kind of the uh, the vibe I've been getting from a couple of different people that Lance Stroll is actually performing pretty well this year. At Tashady, the Evolver said number twenty three. That's Alex Albon. At Lee Newham said keep Daniel. At Georgina Donna, friend of the podcast and host of Stripping the Dipping. Uh, she said, "Danny boy, uh, stripping the dipping, dripping, dripping. Yeah, or yeah. Is it dripping or dipping? Hold on, let's I double check. Dripping, but I do want to shout her out correctly. Is it dipping or dripping? It's dipping. Georgina, stripping, stripping. the dipping, <laughs> the uh. dripping. Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm... <laughs> is it dipping or dripping? It's dripping with an R. <laughs> no, it's dipping. I found it. D-I-P-P-I-N-G. No, I'm looking at her Apple podcast. It's stripping the dripping. But I'm looking at YouTube and it says stripping the dipping. On her settings, it says stripping the dripping. In her, like, like the rest of it, it's dipping. Oh, Georgina, what are you doing to us? <laughs> Just keep any keep any of those cuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so she's a Danny boy. And uh, citizen erased underscore O said, "I can't believe it has come to this for Dan Ricardo three. Yeah, me too. Citizen erased. Me too. 
Damn shame, man. Also, Latifi deserved to be in this list than all these guys. That said, keep Albon. I know Latifi deserved to be in this list, but I didn't put him in because that would have been a very easy Too easy, answer. too easy. Too easy, yeah, exactly. At Michael Haler 17 said, This is great. The hot take is you could argue that all four can lose their seats and no one would be too upset. The better question is, which four, if you do, do you bring in to replace them that are an actual upgrade? I like the cut of this guy's jib. We might bring him in for an episode to discuss this because that is a whole topic. Or if I do have a 10-second yeah. answer... No, I I agree. I think if you're dropping these guys, you're having to replace with the best of Formula Two, yeah, or Hulkenberg. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna drop Daniel Ricardo, it makes no sense to me to bring Nico Hulkenberg back no, in. Of course not. No, no yeah. I think if you're dropping Ricardo, you're looking to take Gasly. Yeah. Okay. Bodybuilding for Arab said Daniel Ricardo number three. At Top Source number one said Albon. At Lisa Brandon 06 said Danny. At Glenn Phillips said the one that's won races, Daniel Ricardo. See, he's got he's got the history. At William Ward said the avocado. I I don't actually know what that means. What so the there was avocado? a small child that thought Daniel Ricardo was called Daniel Avocado and kept <laughs> calling him Daniel Avocado. And then it became a meme and a video and they let the kid meet Daniel. It, it was a whole thing. At Sue... Nine nine one two six one. Is that her social security number? Sue, have know. you put your social security number in your Twitter handle? I'm not going to say your name just in case that's your social security number. It has the correct number of digits. But she said, keep Daniel. At Musty Audio, a, at a total shunt, who is a friend of the that's podcast. Lee. I know. I'm very excited from Three Legs, Four Wheels. We love your podcast, yeah. Lee. I hope you listen to us uh, and hear us shout out your name. He said, Albon, the rest can be fed to the younglings. He's definitely having some Darth Vader vibes right there. <laughs> um, definitely feed them to the <laughs> to the younglings. F1 Teeter at F1 is the, but doesn't say what it is. He said, Albon, he's done phenomenal and is putting Russell-like performances in. At Jed B said, I'd keep Albon. He has solid racecraft and has a lot of potential for the future and he's managed to deliver results in the Williams that are the other three could he doesn't crash as much and is not off the pace of his teammate okay listen jed you had me going until you said that his teammate is nicholas latifi okay i would not be much off the pace of the teammate he was like 47 (laughs) seconds off album at one point you know amazing before we hit record muhammad's like maybe we shouldn't be too mean to latifi you know he's a professional driver he's obviously doing a good job it's hard we don't know all these things second we hit record I'm faster than Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's my American heritage. I have to Fair dunk enough. on Canada. I have to. At fine, the Optimist fine, fine. 12 said, Albin probably at VP, VP Lishkin, VP Lishkin said, Albin is doing a decent job and this is his first year. Okay, but it's not his first year. I know you put that in quotes, but it's not his first year. At El Guraba 13 said, Danny Rick, obviously. At Pranusha Reddy said, I want Mick and Stroll to stay for different reasons and I told her that she has to choose one she can't say Mick and Stroll and she said okay although I really like both Mick and Stroll I'd want Mick to stay because I feel like we haven't seen his true potential so would like to give him another year only because you made me choose so she was the only one who shouted out Mick Schumacher and she did it because I put a gun to her head good job (laughs) Mick Schumacher you've got a massive fan base out there awesome at Marcel F1 said Daniel at DTS Hanger said Albon. At Stephan at, at Stephanie at Schleif Pferd said based on talent Daniel Schleiferd. I don't know what Schleif means, but Ferd is horse, right? P F E R D. Don't pretend like I, as an American, know that P and F make some uh, H sound. Come on. No. Why, why would I it's know just, that? It's just F. 
You just ignored the P. It's like a silent P. Schleife P. Heard. No, Schleife Ferd. Schleife Ferd. Is that like a Fernstrasse. No, Ferd is a horse, isn't it? I don't know, but I hope, means. I hope that if she's listening in, she's not very offended at me trying to say her name. She said, based on talent, Daniel, based on everything else, Lance. I guess that's true. He hasn't. Yeah, I guess he hasn't been that bad. Or maybe I'm being brainwashed by these Twitter people. At Delta T Racing said, as much as we love Daniel, the only one of these four that has performed decent this season has been Alex Albon. Yep. And we have two more. If At Silky Fluke said, Albon, no. And at voting and abortion, wait, no, voting and abortion at Larson underscore Janelle said, you have to keep Danny Ricardo because his smile makes up for bad driving. But I don't know if the teams will see it that way. Voting lady, I don't know. <laughs> I've looked up Schleifford. It means bow horse. Okay, what is, what is a bow horse? Is it like a horse with a bow know. in it? Yes. Please, she needs to get on this podcast or at least DM us and explain what her Twitter handle means because we don't get it. Bow horse. Might be a surname. Oh. It's a bow horse. A horse bow is a compact recurve bow. Since they're shortened, there are many other bow styles that were commonly used on horseback. Okay, this yeah. is still... What? Like, like a bow and arrow, but oh. like, like a long bow gives you long distance. Whereas if you're sat on the back of a horse, you can't carry a big thing like that. You have a much shorter bow, wow. so you can shoot left and then turn and shoot right. Because if you had a really long one, you just smack oh. the horse in the head with it. I didn't know that. Do you think she's like an archer in real life? <gasps> Next week on Slow Pit Stop, we are joined by German <laughs> Legolas. <laughs> awesome. Incredible. So... Arfat, has any of that changed your mind for your answer? To remind no, you, the four the drivers o- are... I'll just rename the four drivers. Yeah. It's Santa Ricardo, Mick Schumacher, Alex Avon, and Lance Stroll. The only thing that is making me maybe change my mind is the fact that lots of people are talking about Daniel Ricardo being past his peak. And in real life, the actual age difference between me and Daniel is only a couple of days. And so... <laughs> <laughs> So there's a bit of me that wants to defend him just to be like, I'm not old. But um, I I think if I was a team principal, um, Albon would be the one I'd want. Yeah. Because you'd get five years out of him, no problem. I, it's curious to me what's going to happen with Mick Schumacher because, you know, if he can perform well, he maybe can move up to Alfa Romeo and take Bottas' spot when he retires. But it's all about his performance level relative to Magnussen. And he's been struggling, you know. Uh, with Daniel Ricciardo, it's just going to be, you know, a game that he plays. A pol- political game. Because I think he has it in him to keep his seat. It's whether or not he does, he's able to, to do that. Uh, Alex Albon is back in Formula 1. He's given his second lease in life the way Magnussen sort of was. I think we're going to see him for a while. And Lance Stroll is going to be there till the day he dies. Because his dad is running the company. So... <laughs> I yeah. think eventually Lance Stroll should go off and be an Aston Martin driver in the World Endurance Championship. I think could do well there. There's less media pressure. Okay. So, I think he will do really well there. Do you know why I think that? Tell me. Because Brandon Hartley won the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and Marcus Ericsson won Indy 500. Yeah, Brandon Hartley's won Le Mans a few times, hasn't he? I didn't know that, but regardless, these are failed F1 drivers who are winning the other two in the triple crown of motorsport, which is incredible to me. Like, how much harder must Formula One be that when you leave Formula One as a you know driver that didn't quite make it, you win these other massively legendary races? 
I think the difficulty is like Brandon Hartley drives for Toyota, right? So they they are the best team in Le Mans, yeah. and when he was in Formula One, he was in Toro Rosso, and the real question is, how would he have performed if he was in a Red Bull or a Ferrari or a Mercedes? I suppose the flip side of that is, well, why did he not get himself into a Mercedes or a Ferrari mm-hmm. or a Red Bull if he if he really was that good? So. I think it's very difficult to compare and contrast. You know, he he was a development driver for Mercedes at one point. He was a development driver for Ferrari. He was a, a, obviously a driver for the Red Bull family. So all three of the big teams have employed him and used his services. So he's clearly very good at his job. But for whatever reason, he's not quite, you know... The, he doesn't have the, that political tenaciousness to jump teams like what I want Daniel Ricardo to do (laughs) but maybe he just doesn't have that last bit of skill to to make it as the driver you know if you compare to other sports sometimes you get you get people who are very very good players but they don't go on to make good coaches because their skill set is slightly different Mm. whereas you get people that have very average careers as players but go on to be amazing coaches because from a knowledge point of view they're they're so skilled like Toto Wolff and Christian Horner yeah exactly and I, and I think maybe Brandon Hartley is better than them, Tristan. Hmm, so sad. Uh, so, with that said, you want to talk about Fantasy F1 and who we would bring into our teams if we had full creative control? Oh, so, who, who was our winner this week? It was Stylianos P from Greece. Um, well, they raced under a Greece flag. Who knows where they're actually from? And their team was called Honda F1 2022. Their team was made up of Verstappen, Perez, Gasly, Vettel, and Norris. I think off the top of my head, the team that they picked was Aston Martin. I did terribly. I'm still Ferrari heavy. Um, How was your team? So I did uh, relatively not as bad as last week. I'm not 28 in the league. Um, Mm. Yeah, I scored. How many points did I score? 124 points, which seems bad, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually, I'm pretty happy with that. And I think I'm overall, yeah, I'm not too upset. Very good. And uh, yeah, Stilianos has got his Honda F1.2022. Oh, Stilianos. So yeah, get in touch with us on Twitter and we'll send you your prize. Just before we end, should we name our highlight of the weekend? I think there can only be one. <laughs> What's your highlight of the weekend? I think I think you can guess what I'm going to talk about. It involves Yuki Tsunoda. Oh yeah, <laughs> the black and orange flag waved. I don't think I've seen it waved. Uh, and I can't re- remember. I was trying to think. Have I seen it before? And I don't really remember. And the reason I know what it is is because like a couple of races, I think in Miami they re- they waved it for the uh, W series to have one of the cars come in and fix their like mirror or something that was broken. Mm. And so I was like, oh, black and orange flag in Formula One, they're not going to actually fix it. The car's going to retire. He pulls into the pits and these guys run out with duct tape and they just start furiously duct taping it. <laughs> and they send them out. And Yuki Sonoda, I'm pretty sure, gets on the radio and he's like, are you kidding me? And then the, F- the FIA manager or whatever is like stomping down to the Alphatory garage. Like, I said, that's not fixing it. And they're like, hey. We only have to fix it. We don't have to retire our car. And he's yeah. not going to use points, any, uh, the, the DRS anymore. So we're all good. Jeez. 
Incredible. One of the most incredible moments in Formula One I've ever... I couldn't believe it! I couldn't the believe pinnacle it. of motorsport. That's what this is. The pinnacle. Well, you know in, like, NASCAR and stuff, if there's, like, a dent in the car, they have, like, hammers they'll use to, like, hammer out yeah, the dent. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess Wild. that's what we are trying to do. Um, I, I think, was that my moment of the race as well? Or do I have another moment of the race? Um... I think there can't that might... be anything better than that. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen moving forward with Ferrari? That's what I want to ask you. Moving forward, they'll win the rest some of the races. Season. They'll duff the championship. They won't win the championship. They're too inconsistent. Wow. You think so? You're just calling it yeah. out Red Bull. They'll, they'll Ferrari the championship. Perez will finish PC? second. Wow. Yeah, in the championship, Leclerc will finish third. Sainz will finish fifth. Well, hold on, hold on. So if Ferrari can't win the constructors. Does Mercedes have a chance at P two in the constructors? We're or, they're only about thirty points down, thirty five. Yeah, I think down. so. I think it really depends on the second half, it, depending on how Sainz gets a handle of this car, and how the Mercedes car improves to the point where Lewis Hamilton essentially becomes competitive again, um, like okay. really competitive again, yeah. uh, and can you know unleash the full potential of that car. I think then you have a fight between Ferrari and Mercedes, whereas I think all the trophies and things are going to go to Red Bull. Okay. All right. Well, that's depressing as hell. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) coming up next episode, why Mercedes is doomed forever and why we will be sad for the rest of our lives. Listen in, everybody. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Where do we go next? We go to to Canada next. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.